For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? There's a lot to celebrate when and if we take the time to do so. It's National Taffy Day. That's something to celebrate if you like taffy. Uh, I love taffy, but it's not on my diet plan, so I can't have any of that. I'm also celebrating the fact that tonight I am going to the theater. Uh, Broadway Backwards, uh, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. It's my favorite night of the year to go to the theater. It's exciting, and it's the first time in two years that we, they, all of us, have been able to go back to the theater and to go live. I'm also celebrating the fact that two of my favorite entertainers are here today, and that's Michael Orlin and Mary Lou Henner. They are both here, and we are celebrating their show, which is coming to Feinstein's 54 Below. We are celebrating this exciting new book, Grease, Tell Me More, Tell Me More. We are celebrating risk-taking, which is the word of the day, the phrase of the day. So if you uh, comment today with the hashtag risk-taking, you may win some taffy or something else. I don't know. We'll decide that at the end of the show. But I'm going to bring on Mary Lou Henner and Michael Orlin. And here they are. And the taffy is in the background. Thank you both for being here. And I yeah. want to begin by asking, and you can decide who will go first, who or what are you celebrating today? Well, I'll go for I'm celebrating coming to New York this Wednesday because Michael and I have an action-packed week. After I get there, he comes a little bit later. We're going to be in Fire Island. So exciting. I've never been to Fire Island before, and I'm doing my show that Michael and I put together. Um, and uh, we did it at Bucks County, 19 shows then. We've done 29 shows since the pandemic started, and we're just raring to go with more of them. And uh, so we're going to be at Fire Island this Saturday, the 28th. Are you and at then, the Ice Palace? Uh, pardon me? Are you at the Ice Palace? Uh... Where are you performing in Harlem? The White Theater, I think it's called. The W-H-Y-T-E. Okay. Yeah, I've never been to Fire Island, so I don't know any of the theaters there. But it sounds like I cannot wait. Michael, have excited. you been to Fire Island? Yeah. I I've think never I've been. been. There. I think I was there maybe 35 years ago when I was eating taffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mary, you, Mary Lou, I cannot believe, first of all, that you've never been to Fire Island. Uh, it's crazy. It, it's one of my favorite places in the world. And I know that the two of you are, and I will, I'm going to talk about collaboration in a few mo moments. Uh, Michael will be back. Mercury is in retrograde, everyone. So anything Obviously. can and will happen. There you are again, Michael. Yes, yes. Um, yes. Michael, We're also doing this show, just so you know, not just at Fire Island. We're doing it uh, at 54 Below on June 8th, my show, and then we're doing the Grease show on June 1st and June 6th. But June 8th, we're doing um, uh, the show at 54 Below as well. So I hope people come and see it because it's a lot of fun. I think that you're doing a live stream of that show, aren't you? No, I, I'm not doing a live stream. You know why? Because I show all these incredible clips from Taxi. I do a whole song about dancing with the stars. And if you do a live show, you can't, if you do a stream show, you can't show any clips, which is kind of a drag. Wow. 
Well, uh, I have major dental surgery the next day. I have uh -huh. to fast, but hopefully I can still go and see the show the night before. I hope so. Yes, I, so. I want to be there because I, I definitely am going to be uh, at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below on June 1st because you are producing a major event uh, that evening celebrating, I can't believe, 50 years of Greece. The anniversary of, can you believe it's been 50 years? You know, I was in high school when I first did Grease because um, I knew Jim Jacobs from Community Theater in Chicago. He called me, I met him when I was 15. He called me two years later and he said, Hannah, I've written the show. It may never get off the ground. Your picture is on the lower it. part here. I love your high school picture. Yeah. This is what a great book this is. Everyone I get know. this book. It, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so I did the original company in Chicago before it even went to Broadway because it was such a gritty Chicago-centric show that when some of the people went to New York to audition, I said, no, I don't think it's going to be a hit. So Greece went to Broadway and I went to college. And so I, I tell all those stories and stuff in my show and in the, the, 50, in the June 1st show I will be telling and June 8th, 6th show too. Yeah, so I got to do the original company and now I did get to do the the first national and then I went to the Broadway company and a lot of the original people, a lot of the people from the uh, first national company will be there and performing a whole group of us. I am so excited. I have my tickets. I'm going to be there celebrating Great. both of you and so many other people. Uh, my dear, dear soulmate and friend, Carol Demas is going to be there. Uh, I I'm just so excited about that evening. And I want to talk uh, about the word of the day is uh, risk taking. And I'm going to ask each of you, and I'll start with you, Mary Lou, uh, what do you think is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career that propelled you to the next level in your career? Okay, I'll try to tell this story as briefly as possible. Um, okay, I had a contract with CBS. They had to find a pilot for me. I went to Rio with Johnny Travolta because we were dating then. They called and they said, we want you to honor your contract with this show, Paper Chase. I said, I haven't even read the script. And they said, I said, can I do it as a guest star? And they said, okay. So that came, I ended up having to leave Rio, came home, shot the, th the thing as a guest star, and then they tested it. And, and I honored my contract with another pilot. And then they tested it and they said, oh my gosh, she tested really high. We don't we own her, don't we? And they were like, no, we don't, because she already honored her contract over here. And they said, well, offer what, whatever she can get, whatever she wants. And in the meantime, I was auditioning for Taxi, and they kept bringing me in, but I was wrong for the part, but they liked me, so they kept going and going and going. So Paper Chase was a sure thing, Taxi was a maybe, and I said, let's hang in there for Taxi. I have a good feeling about it. So that was a pretty big risk. That was a major good risk. Thank you for that one. Uh, and yeah. what about you, Michael? What do you think is the biggest risk that you've taken in your career that propelled you to the next level? I think leaving the house during COVID was a big <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a secure job living in New York in the early 80s, playing in the piano bars. I was making a nice living, playing piano bars every night. That was like my way job, I called it. And, you know, I was on a um, working on a cruise ship with my dear, our dear friend, Celeste, all three of us, friends to, with all three of us. Celeste was here at our house yesterday. We had uh, I, brunch together. 
yes. heat, heat. Um, and we all love Celeste, but um, Celeste um, what was was hired to go on a cruise ship to be the opening act for Waylon Flowers and Rita Moreno, with uh, among others. And I, you know, got offered a job with Waylon Flowers when I was on that cruise ship, and I was like, you know what? Should I take a risk and move to LA and see what happens? And that was a lot of years ago, over thirty years ago, and I've never looked back. And I just, I think, you know, there's sometimes it's fun and fun to just leave the safe and secure for the unknown and just take a risk it's like you know we never know what's out there till we try it and that's the thing is like i tell kids that when they say i want to move to new york or i want to move to la i'm like try it take a risk what's the worst you can do is go back home do you know what i mean so it's like i say go for it and i start my shows well we've we're already into the throes of this with a surprise question that i haven't even looked at Oh. So, Mary Lou, the question is, if and this for you, because with your memory, which is legendary, if you had to relive the same day for the rest of your life, which day would you choose? Interesting question for you. Very interesting question. Well, you mean besides meeting Michael Orland and working with him? Of um, course. <laughs> I, but, but if I had to relive, oh. day that was. Tell everyone what day that was. Uh, that was August the 3rd of 2008. It was a Sunday. And we were doing a benefit in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Yeah. Um, you know, I have two sons, so it's hard to pick which of their births I would relive. But they'd both be born. They'd both be born if it were the second son's birth. So I would pick the day Joey was born, which was November 12th, uh, uh, 1995 which was also a Sunday, November 12th, 1995, because I already had little Nicky and he was there too, like right before and after. So yeah, I'd probably pick that day because it started at Comic Relief. I went from being on stage at Comic Relief, falling asleep at, at two hours later and um, having a baby in my arms an hour and 12 minutes after that. <laughs> so it was a pretty crazy day. So I'd probably pick his birth, which you can see as a matter of fact, it's called We're Having a Baby because I did it as a documentary um, and it's on YouTube. We're having a baby where I also interview different celebrities having their children. So you can actually watch me give birth. I'm a woman with no secrets. <laughs> you certainly have no secrets. What a great deduction to come up with that though. Good, that's very good. And what about you, Michael, uh, other than meeting uh, Mary Lou, what would be the day? Mary Lou and working on stage with Mary Lou is such a treat for me, it really is. But I'm trying to think of like, important days that are, I, I I don't know if I have, I mean, I always like meeting my dog, Jinx. I don't know. I'm like, literally like, I'm trying to think of a really important, I mean, there's so many, we have like, uh, for us that like are in the arts and stuff, there are so many huge, um, like milestone days that we have, that we remember and that whatever, not like Mary Lou remembers it, but mm. you know, and there's so I have a lot of them, like you know, meeting Waylon Flowers and meeting Mary Manilow, and you know, my life changing because of some of them. And Celeste is actually texting me right now, and I can't look at it, but that's okay. Oh, you can look at it, see what she has to say. Is she reminding you of something? Yeah, but I think I'm going to disappear for a minute. Let's see. No, don't. Oh, well, he disappeared. Well, what? while he's disappeared, uh, I'm meeting. Oh, she said meeting Celeste was on a big meeting day. Celeste. <laughs> And I, yeah, well, I will say meeting Celeste was the highlight of my life as well because I love her so much. In this business, I, and because I have the two of you together 
I really want to talk about collaboration uh, because both of you are, Mary Lou, you have been part of two amazing uh, TV series and, of course, uh, shows as well uh, that are all about ensemble, collaboration, and everything. And I want to talk about the collaborative process uh, with both of you and why it is so important in this business. There's so many people, especially young people, uh, Michael, you know so well, who with a show such as uh, American Idol, where they want to be in the spotlight and they think it's about being in the spotlight and having all eyes on them. But we all know it's more than just being in that spotlight at that moment. It's about everything that's going on around them, the technicians and everything that goes on. I want to talk about the collaborative process and why it is so important in this business. And when you first truly became aware of the collaborative process in your careers. Sorry about the plane. You could probably hear it because we're in the same place. Um, Michael, do you want to go or I'll... I feel like, under, I feel like we're under like at the um, at runway 27L right now. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's Mercury going retrograde airlines. I know. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have to just say, I want to say one thing about that, about, um, wait, I forgot what we were talking about. The collaboration. Just, collaboration. Oh yeah, I'll tell you, I think collaboration in this business is so important. I think it's as equal as talent. I think if if you're not a fun game player, you know, play a team player, I'm a team player and, and you're not like a fun, like Mary Lou and I spend more time off stage and at meals and at rehearsals than we do on stage. And I think it's part of it. You have to have a rapport with somebody and you have to like hanging with them. It's not just like, let's just have fun on stage together. This is like a really intimate relationship. And I think that like singers and pianists, I think a lot of people have that. And I think even like on my job in American Idol, I think, you know, getting along with others, having fun. I think I was like, not just comic relief, but like um, building confidence and, you know, that's all part of it. And I think that you have to collaborate with everybody. You can't just be a diva unless, you know, you warrant it or whatever, or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think the people that collaborate and that play well with others go so far in this business. And again, like I take pride in being collaborative with everybody I work with. And so like when Mary Lou and I are together, it just, it feeds artistically what we do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. Yes, for sure. You know, um, I, I came from a big family and I think everybody has a filter through which they see their lives. Uh, speaking of filters. <laughs> okay. Start again, we lost you for a moment. Second. You say, oh, you did? I got a yeah. phone call, so that's what happened. Can you see me okay. now? Yes, we are back. Yes. Okay. Now that little gexy thing of yours. Yes. Crazy. Okay. So my filter is family. The filter through which I've seen my life my entire time. Like I grew up in a household with six brothers and sisters. You know, there were six siblings. My parents. We had a crazy upbringing. And so here's the thing: if you if you are 
interested in the family, you know that there are sometimes you're going to be working with difficult people. You know, you have to like somehow you don't always get your own way. You learn sort of the rules of the road for getting along with people, especially when you come from a big family. And every job that I've done, whether it's the two big sitcoms I did, Taxi and Evening Shade, or the two huge Broadway projects, Chicago and Greece, there was always that sense of family. I looked for it. I tried to create it. When I was in charge, I threw parties. You know, you always try, I always try to create that family sense. And that doesn't mean you're always going to get along with people, but you understand that it is a, a collaboration. You understand that intrinsic to the experience is collaborating. It has to be. Otherwise, you're just out there by yourself without anybody around you and who wants somebody like that. You know, so you, you have to make adjustments. I mean, maybe this is why I'm on my third and final husband, but you know, you find ways to collaborate with people. And then when you have them, you take them to your heart. Like Michael and I, we will work together as much as we possibly can because, you know, we adore one another and it just really works for us. Uh, I have a question from Rosa Puzo. Uh, she said, how is the collaboration on Evening Shade? Oh, that was great. That was like going to a master class every day. Come on with people like Bert and Hal Holbrook, Bert Reynolds, Hal Holbrook, uh, Elizabeth Ashley, you know, Ossie Davis, Charlie Durning. Each day was like a master class. I mean, I loved it because, you know, I, what I could bring to the party was I had already done a sitcom and nobody else had done that. So I was like teaching them the rules of the road in terms of like sitcoms. But I mean, it was, they were genius. I mean, it, it just the whole experience was amazing. And everyone had a different style. Everyone had a different kind of, not so much work ethic, but they approached their characters differently. Some people knew their lines right away. Some people didn't want to learn them till the end. And so you really saw how everyone stayed true to who they were and it worked. We were a real family on that show. Now I have a question for each of you and I don't want names or specifics that will give away anything because I'm not about gossip and I am not about hurting anyone in this business. I'm all about celebrating. But was there ever a situation in either of your careers where the collaboration did not exist? And if so, how did you get through those situations? Either of you can decide who will go first. Do you want to go first, Michael, or do you want me to go first? I might be quick because I'm going to say I don't think I have. And I, again, I think the relationship with the, with the singer and what I do, a pianist, is so completely different. I've never, and I've heard about before I worked with certain people, they were like, oh, she's going to be the worst. And she's, I've never had that experience. So I have to say that I don't have an answer for that because I experienced it and I'm blessed because of that. But Mary Lou, I want to hear yours. Well, having said that I grew up in a big family with a lot of siblings and a lot of people in and out of my house constantly, I think I've always, even as a little kid, I found that bad behavior fascinates me because I like to do the deep dive and I like to figure out the pathology yeah. of the person and why they might act the way they do. And I had two, three experiences in my career with very difficult people. And I kind of sort of won them over at the end or at least enough to be able to work with them. But everyone warned me. I took the warnings and I could see what everybody was talking about. And sometimes it was harder than others. And I just kept praying and I kept going home to my family and thinking like, at least I get to go home to my beautiful family. And, you know, they, you know, and, and their punishment is they have to walk around in that personality all the time. So I just always kept my, 
you know, not blinders on, but I kept my, my focus on the job that I had to do. And that I think is always the most important thing that you can do. You know, you can't let, you can't allow yourself to be torn down by people who are trying to throw you off balance or trying to unnerve you in some way, you know, and also it's like a dog smells fear. And I didn't want to give in to like the fear that I might've been feeling because I felt that that would only like aggravate the situation. So, but I have some beautiful letters from all three people at the end of the experience. I love that. You just said two things that all of my friends know that I constantly say, number one, keep your blinders on and stay in your lane. Uh, So thank you for saying that. And number two, um, that they have to live with that there all the time. And I'm always saying that. So thank you for bringing that up as well. Uh, When I first started in this business, KT Sullivan, who I know that you know, Michael, um, said to me, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I got in this business was have at least five people who know your show. So you're never at a loss. So when you find the right person that you love, and there's always that person that is always at the top of the list that you're going to reach out to, um, that's gold in this business. And obviously you two have found each other in that. Uh, So how, when you, that first time that you worked together and you knew it clicked, uh, when, where, and uh, did that happen for both of you? Um, well, I feel bad for somebody else now. For me with Mary Lou, it happened on our first rehearsal. I just knew, like, I think on her first rehearsal, she does a bit in her show where she people an important date in life into a fishbowl. Here comes the plane. I'm sorry. That's great. Um, uh, a name and an important date in a fishbowl. And she literally pulls the date out in the middle of the show and will tell somebody where she was, what she was doing, what day it was. Um, if it was an anniversary, she'll say, and she also says what the song that was, um, that was big at the time. And so I think one of our first rehearsals, she gave me a list of like, I don't know, maybe 400 songs and with some keys and she, and cause she literally, we were like, here are the songs that are important to me that I remember from 1960 till today. There were literally songs, a bunch of songs from every year. And I just thought, this is going to be the most fun ever. And it was. And it just turns out, here's the thing. We're doing show business. We're putting on shows. We're making people um, feel happy and forget they had, you know, bills and COVID and all that stuff and sickness. And we're making people happy with what we do. So it's all, if it's not fun and if it's not love-filled and, like, it's like, why, why do it? And that's, I know that's how Mary Lou is too. And we totally. just have the, when we work. And, and let me just tell you something. Michael's got the most glorious dog in the history of dogs. Okay. He, this dog, Jinx, she is gorgeous, first of all. And um, I always say, don't anyone tell Jinx she's a dog. Because she <laughs> could get away with so much. This dog was on stage with us in the wings. Totally quiet, so beautiful, so easygoing. While I was doing my shows at Bucks County and you never heard her bark, she never did anything. She was like, I don't think she's real. I think somebody put a spell on Jinx and she's really, you know, some, some, you know, somebody just put a spell and she's a dog for the time being, but not for always. 
And, and when Mary, been... and Mary Lou, when Mary Lou told us that we were going to Bucks County, I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to be without my dog for three weeks? She's like, bring her. And I was like, really? Can I? And it was the best thing ever. She was, yeah. we found a theater dog. Uh, let me tell you something else. We've had birthdays recently that Michael's been part of with my family. My niece, who's seven, and my nephew, who's nine, they love Michael. They ask for Michael. They Everybody in my family adores him. He is such a part of our family now because Michael is like, you just put him anywhere and he's just the life of the party and he's just, you know, he connects with people and he's just That's amazing. Uh, Michael, you froze, and, and a gorgeous uh, froze at that, uh, at freeze at that. Uh, All right. <laughs> so what, what were you saying, Michael? I said, I'm Uncle Michael. Uncle Michael. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah, no, you know, it's so funny. When we, we first started working together, it was so, it was so easy. You know, I didn't have to explain things. He'd say, well, let's try this. Let's try that. And we just started, you know, it just, it like flowed and, and, you can't believe when you meet somebody like that. And it's just going to be, you know, he made me a better singer. He made me a better performer. I felt the trust. I kept saying to him, oh my gosh, I trust you so much on stage that if I like have a glitch of a, a you know, like I have to take more water or I have to do this or that, he just follows. I said, this is better than great sex. Okay. This is like great sex. <laughs> so we always make jokes about that too. And of course she would remember. Yeah. Of course. Yes. <laughs> Yes, for sure. So, um, in addition to this, I mean, are, are, are both of you very active in terms of planning out the tour that you're putting together, or does someone else handle all of that for you? Do you have someone who's uh, dealing with all of the planning of uh, the different bookings? I mean, you mentioned Fire Island is new. You're going to be at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below. Uh, is Provincetown part of your... Provincetown, we're doing in the fall, but we're also doing um, uh, uh, Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, Palm Springs, Palm Springs. over over um, Labor Day weekend. But Michael takes care of, I mean, people, other people will call us. Or I'll hear from my publicist, Pete Sanders. Michael has so many connections. Other people will, will call me empowered artists. And so, I, although I haven't worked with them yet. But um, I'm now on their roster, which is exciting. And so there will be things to come. But um, Michael takes care of everything once we get the booking. And he makes sure, you know, I, I, I'm being the middle child of six and being the one who's always taking care of everything. I, it's the first time in my life I've ever had someone really take care of me. So that's another part of our strong connection. And that's been a great part of the collaboration because he's, I'm very mathy too, but Michael is like unbelievably mathy. He just makes sure everything's buttoned up. So it's like, great. I can just perform. Well, I mean, see Mary Lou's husband, who's also Michael, he likes all that, you know, the booking of the tickets. I love finding the best deal. I like, I call the club and let make sure they know what we need at the club. I, I love doing all that. I book the musicians, I get them their music. I, and, she said that she's never had that before. Like she usually does all that stuff. And I'm like, really? And I love doing it. I, I love that. All that organization. That's my moon in Virgo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's mine. My moon. Maybe that's what it is. That's our big connection. Moon and Virgo. But Michael, don't you think that also comes from your years in the cabaret world that you know what the needs are that, uh, I, you know, I, what I just, I mean, I, I'm nurturing anyway to begin with. Um, but you know, when you get it back from somebody, it's you just makes you want to do and take care of. And I love taking care of yeah. things like that. And like, I'm like, you don't have to call the club and find out about their sound stuff. I'm going to do that. 
Right, and, it's great. And you know, what's been so much fun putting these shows together for the next go round at 54 Below is that he's getting to meet all the Grease people who are performing, including, you know, Carol Demas and Eileen Kristen and Jim Canny, James Canning, and Phil Kasnoff, Bob Garrett, Mary Small, New Small, she's called now, uh, Ellen March, uh, Ray DeMattis. Judy Kay, we've got Judy Kay. She's I know, I know, number. it's so exciting. I know, it's great. And Tom Moore and Ken Wasteman and Jim Jacobs are coming up and talking about their part in the show and everything else, how they put the show together. So it's very exciting, it's really fun. It's been fun to work on it with Michael and with Jim Canning. As busy as you've been, Michael, have you had a chance to read the book yet? I have not, but I can't wait to get my own copy. And I want it autographed by everybody in the shows on the first and the sixth. No, but yeah. I'm so excited about it. Mary Lou told me so much about it um, when we we've been on the road and stuff. So I've known I've know all about it, but I can't wait to get my own copy autographed. I haven't gotten a copy yet. I called Tom Moore today. I said, "Excuse me, I'm doing all this publicity for the damn book." I said, "I don't even have my copy yet." So. Well, the book is absolutely incredible. So oh, I, I was going to ask you, and I can't ask you my next question. I was going to ask you, having read the book, which you haven't read. If no, well, any... I've read the galleys. I read the galleys. You've read the galleys. Is there them. anything that you, that surprised you uh, from reading the galleys that you did not know about? Uh, no, I think maybe that flight. I, I mean, I've heard the way uh, there's a certain flight that uh, one of the companies describes that was just horrendous. Uh, that was very riveting. Um, but I've known everybody for a long time. And because I did the original Chicago production, I, there were a lot of stories that I kind of knew already. So what was the most surprising to you? Well, I mean, the the whole idea, I mean, of the move to Broadway. And I mean, it was like, it, to me, it's like the little engine that could. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the fact that everyone worked together as a family because everyone believed in it so much. Um, the idea of that show that opened in Chicago, the, the show that Ken Westman first saw, uh, that anyone would have thought that that show had the capability of moving to Broadway because it was a very different animal. Did you see the show in Chicago? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, it, well, I was in it. And so I can tell you that it was, it was so gritty. It was so... So much swearing. I always say that my mother wouldn't come to see it because I said F you in it seven times. You know, and I was more like a Patty Simcox in the real life because I was always such a goody goody. But I mean, it was like a. a... Uh oh. Uh, she talks about gritty and we lose her. See, that's Mercury retrograde in action right there. It is. It's Moon it and Virgo right there. Call Mary Lou. It, it, can she hear you from where she is? Yes. So we have rehearsal to. Knock the table because oh, oh, there she it. is. <laughs> I, I, I love this. This is so. This is so happening. So <laughs> this is hilarious. I love it. You know can what I'm going to do? I can do this. That's enough. Uh, hold on a second here. Oh. No, they can't see you here. Let's see I, if I can. What do I do? Should no, I no. I'm gonna make this so I can see a little bit better. There. there. Wait, wait, I'm gonna go get something like so not, not so flimsy. Let's talk to Mary Lou. I'll be right there, people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you can see at least that we're in the same place. Yes. So yes. This is, this is hilarious. I mean, did, did you did have you ever had this kind of 
craziness happens. Uh, crazy things <laughs> happen. I go with the flow. I'm used to everything. I'm yes. very patient in this business. The key to your life is how well you deal with plan B. Because plan A is what you plan, you hope, and dream about. And then plan Last night I had Ava Cherry on the show and, you know, and she talks about plan B. Her whole life was always about plan B. Yes. Isn't that better? Yeah. Because it's. Okay. So now we're together. Oh, you look so wonderful together. You belong together. We do. You go together. together. It's going to be really interesting for people to hear how the show in Chicago started, which is a, another whole story that, that isn't in the book, really. You know, there isn't a lot in the book about it. But, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. Just, yeah. a, very, oh. a, just a very different feel from what we are used to. And, of mm -hmm. course, you know, and I interviewed Adrienne Barbeau about a year ago. Mm -hmm. She's never seen the movie. Did you wow. know that? Huh? <laughs> the movie's so different. It's so yes. different. It's By a very way, different. It's a very yeah. different. Uh, oh, this is uh, okay. There's a commercial. I don't know if you remember, but uh, when the Broadway show, when when Broadway show was going to surpass all the other shows and become the longest running show, that was actually in '79. 1979, you know? the year I came to New York. Right. Oh, really? December eighth. I remember the commercial. Um. Okay, you do. Okay, we're gonna show it at the thing. And you're not going to believe who was in that commercial. Do you know? I don't. I'll have to show Michael later. But you'll see it the night of the show. Do you want to tell us? Or you can, uh, you no, maybe not. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. no. I, I want to see if people recognize. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a sure. reason to buy a ticket. That's right. Well, I, I have my ticket, but now I'm in suspense. I yes. think I know. I think I know. You want to take a guess and we won't tell you? Uh, I'll tell, I'll give initials. Okay. TW? No. Okay. 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 No. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, I, you know, cheer you on. And uh, so, uh, so after uh, Feinstein's 54 Below, where now is Fire Island before? The Fire Island. Memorial weekend, and then June 1st, June 6th at 54 Below is Greece. June 8th is my show. And then here at Vitello's, Feinstein's at Vitello's, 7 7 at 7. July 7th at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. That's good for people, stickiness, right? To remember, 7 7 at 7. And then, and then, um, and Palm, then Springs, Palm Springs, September 3rd, 4th. Right. Over there. Do you do any of your planning by the planets or the stars, Mary Lou? I do my planning by, you know, the I, because I know that, I mean, that when I hear those numbers and everything, I, I just wonder if you do anything with that planning. I did offer, I, when I called Vitellas about putting Mary Lou there, I did love the idea that we were playing 7-7 seven, seven at 7 and Mary Lou, oh, we have to do well, that. We have That's to it. do that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny is that my first gig at Feinstein's was tw uh, March 20th, 2020, because they offered me all these dates that were in April, May. And I went, no, I like March 4th because it's the only imperative command in the entire calendar. March 4th, right? And I can always say that on show, you know, because I love anything that will be sticking for people's memories. So I want to ask you something about the, the memories because the memory is something, as I said earlier, that is legendary with you. 
having yeah. such the total recall of the memories uh, and remembering the dates and everything, do the feelings of those dates also come up? And is that something that you're able to, how do you deal with the uh, resurgence of the memories coming back as well? Oh, well, first of all, as an actress, it's invaluable. That's what you study and try yeah. to do in exercises in an acting class. And then, you know, also memories tied to adrenaline. So you're going to, people, everybody's going to remember the highs and the lows. I just happen to remember all the little middle of the road, our time, our town kind of moments, you know? And so people always go, oh, what about bad memories? And I always go, you're going to remember them anyway. I get to cushion mine with like a lot of the other ones, you know? Like my, my siblings will say, hey, Mayor, do a week from our childhood. And I'll just go through like a whole week in a summer, you know, wow. that kind of thing. And so it's, it's something I have always known that I've had, but it's something that I've totally embraced to being an actress and, and wanting to share that. You know, I lost my, both of my parents in tragic ways, but I would remember, I would rather think of their deaths every day, day than to lose them for even one day, you know? And I just feel like there's so much in developing, uh, 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 this is how I always describe it, why I think having a, 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 working on your autobiographical memory is so important. If all we ever do is we wake up, we live our lives, we turn off the light, we go to sleep. We wake up, we live our lives, we turn off the light, we go to sleep, and nothing has moved forward, then what does it all mean? So developing a stronger you know, autobiographical memory, it's our strongest line of defense against meaninglessness that we have. Because you're able to take information from your past, bring it to your present, and let it inform a better future. You know, you can check out red flags or when have I done this before? Or you can say, oh, I need to ask my boss for a raise. What made me feel good the last time? What, you know, what music powers me up? You know, things like that. So you're constantly using your own life. And it's a, you know, it's a good feeling. I think it's amazing. And and I wish that I had you with me all the time because <laughs> I, no, seriously, because I'm all, anyone who knows me, I'm all about celebrating dates and anniversaries and all of these things. And when I did my live show and all of my guests, I would pick a date and I'd go, uh, and I do a show called Friday Wrap Up Show. And I ask all of my guests now to go and look up three um, uh, things that happen on that day, whether it be someone who was born that day, someone who passed on that day, or a major world event. It could be a movie that opened on that day, uh, a television series, anything that happened on that day. And we talk about it on the show. Uh, because to me, these, as you say, these moments that had an influence on our lives, and they still influence our lives as we go forward. And I think that if we don't pay attention to these things, from our past, as you just pointed out, uh, we will repeat, you know, some mistakes uh, again and again and again. And I think it's just a wonderful way of, uh, you know, paying homage to those dates. And you yeah. do it on a regular basis. Sure. I'll go to sleep at night and I'll like time travel, what I call time travel. And I'll, what did I do when I was exactly to the day as old as each of my sons? You know, so... It's kind of cool. And it's a fun party trick. I love introducing people to Mary Lou. And I'm, she's like, when were you born? I'm like, she'll like that's a Sunday. It's the best party trick. I like taking But it's not around. a trick. But it's no, like it's fun. not a yeah, trick yeah. at all. I just love I'm his it. show pony. I'm yeah. so fascinated mm -hmm. by the way she does that. And I always used to think 
like that she saw a calendar in her mind, but she doesn't. It has nothing to do with that, right? You're right. It's like videos. It's like it's like scene selection on a DVD. You know, it's like just cues up to the day. You know. But so, I mean, there 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 are some people who think of it as a parlor trick, yeah. and of course, it's not a parlor trick. Not at all. It, it's it's an amazing gift. Yeah. No, they wired me, put me through an MRI, took 300 measurements of my brain, and they found nine areas 10 times larger than the, the normal brain. And I sing a song about it in the show. You know the song? Uh, well, it's called Highly Superior Autobiographical Memory, or H-Sound, right? So we took, we took, and my brother, we took uh, the Peggy Lee song, Because I'm a Woman. Mm -hmm. So here, I'll just get, can I sing the first? Oh, of course, I'd love it. Okay. I can tell you the day of the week. And what I was doing on any given day. I recall every tryst on my list, especially the foreplay. I remember the fall of the big Berlin wall and what I was eating for lunch. Saddam underground, Kofax on the mound, Muhammad Ali's jungle punch. Cause I have H-Sam, capital H-S-A-M. I'll say it again. And then I go through all these different things. It's uh, it's brilliant. Her People brother, love it, her yeah. brother is a, a brilliant lyricist. Yeah, and like it's ridiculous what he your writes. Brother wrote, uh, your brother wrote the lyrics for this. Yeah. Her special did. material. My special. What's your brother's name? Let's give a shout out to him. Henner, L O R I N Henner, H E N N E R. And he's a school teacher, but he just like whips these things up for me. You know, whether yeah. it's modern lyrics to to Zip. Or you know a bunch of other things. The thing I I, did, I tell a story about dancing with the stars, and I um I sing this I sing and show videos to the song Pain, you know the Cantor and Eb yes. song. So he wrote it's some all special. Customized. Yeah, it's all and then and also the whole thing about nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shh. no, that's the secret. Quiet, quiet. quiet. <laughs> so have, as you're as you're putting uh, the show together, oh. and no, on, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Wait, on May 28th, when we're going to be at Fire Island, she's got her two dancer boys with her. My two so. hottie guys, because we're doing, we're doing like production numbers. The same show we did at Bucks County. So it's really fun. You're not bringing the dancers with you to Feinstein's 54 Below? Or is uh, there no room for them? That stage is. Yeah, there's barely stand. room for us. It's, it's so <laughs> But if anyone could make it happen, you two could have make it happen. We could, but we'd all have to go on a diet. I'd have to go on a diet for like three weeks and then we could do it. Oh I'd God. have to go on your diet, Richard, and lose 60 pounds. Then we have room for one dancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Thank you. So, you know, I basically in my shows with my homage to James Lipton inside the actor's studio. So I've got some fun questions. I hope they're fun questions that I'm going to ask each of you. And uh, I'll start with you, Mary Lou. And if you had to stop doing 100, uh, uh, if you had to stop doing 10% of what you're doing, what uh, would you give up? Well, I've already, I mean, I haven't eaten dairy since August 15th, 1979, which was a Wednesday. But you mean like, uh, what, did you, what day did you say? But I said I gave up dairy August 15th, 1979 which was a Wednesday. That's the start of my health birthday. That's what I consider my health birthday. I moved to New York on August 5th, 1979. Oh, wow. look at that. Oh you my know God. what, uh, you know what date? I, I know what day it was and. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a... Yes. Yeah. So big days in our lives. 
wait, I graduated in 79. I moved to New York October 1st, 79. What? You never was told us that. No, no, it was 81. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I forgot. I, I tried to go to school to be an accountant and it didn't work. Michael, do you know when you and I rehearsed together in Atlantic City with Pudgy? Oh, yes. That, what year was that? That was... <laughs> 1990. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, it was in in 1994, 95. That's when you and I first met. Really, really yeah. Yes. Oh. So if you had to give up ten, if you had to give up one thing uh, from your schedule or life, what would you give up? Well, last week it would have been my husband, but this week is. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. my, I'm on my third and final. I adore him. Okay. And what about you, Michael? No more alimony payments yeah. for her. <laughs> uh, what would I give up? I'd probably give up, uh, well, I already gave up sugar. And because of Mary Lou, I gave up dairy. It's been about, I don't know, like 12 weeks. Wow. Um, see what I would give up in my life. Hmm. I, you know what? I have that... Um, uh, what do you call it when you have that mentality of like you're a because you're a single uh, person that only like takes every job? What is that? Um, I can't think FOMO. of the word. Yeah, FOMO. No, yeah, fear of missing out. Fear of Michael Orland. <laughs> yeah. No, I have. Um, I have that. I love that. I don't know where my next job is going to be, so I say yes to everything, and I wish I could. Give yeah, but up. that's good. That's a good improv. Kind no, of. it but is. You want to be more discerning. I'd like to be. I would like to be not and not take jobs because of money or whatever, I'd like you to say, no, I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to do it. Whereas as opposed to doing everything. Yeah. That's what, that's all. Michael, you've had a, an amazing career. Do you really, know. honest to God, still have that fear? I think it's just, you know, growing up a young Jewish boy and, uh, you know, everything was, my whole family like re, um, related happiness to success and, money in the bank and a roof over your head that was it and so i think it's just been drilled in me my whole life wi-fi in the house you know. mm -hmm. with my wi-fi i'm so embarrassed <laughs> i paid somebody yesterday to come over and fix my wi-fi and then mary lou couldn't get on yeah. wow. okay b plan b yeah see we did plan b. Oh. oh no i'm bringing on the risk taking so people can see we've got 10 people who have signed up you know what i'm going to give away i decided i'm going to give away a copy of this book Okay. I'm going to order this book and give it away to someone. Uh, Michael, put in a uh, hashtag risk taking and you may get a copy of the book. Yeah. Okay. I'm no, going we'll to. make sure. We'll make sure. Okay. Michael. And um, so uh, this is an easy question for both of you because we've talked about it today. Uh, Mary Lou, what mm -hmm. is your definition of risk taking? Risk taking is to me is like, for me personally, would be trusting somebody else to do something that I know I, you know, just taking a risk and saying, okay, I give myself over to you for this experience. Cause I'm very, you know, as my son says, my mom is very, oh, you know, she likes to organize things. She likes to like run things, not even a control thing. I just, if I see a shortcut, I think I size things up so quickly that I'll be like, okay, no, 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 this is the shortcut, you know? Um, Cause I think back to like when we did it before or whatever. Um, so I think risk-taking would be acquiescing to somebody else, even when I know I could do a better job, or, or risk-taking would be doing something out of my comfort zone, at comfort zone as an actress, which I don't think I've been allowed to do yet, so I might have to create my own thing. Some, some kind of character that no one would ever expect me to play. That would be risk-taking, but it's something I really want. Okay. And Michael? 
you know, I think like every day is that we take risks. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to think of some. I was trying to think of stuff when Mary Lou was talking about it. I don't know. I think I have some of the same traits of her of like going, wait, here's the faster way and easier way to do it. Let's not waste so much time. Um, but I, I think that, um, I mean, we're in show business. I think I wish I could see what Celeste just texted me. She probably just texted me an answer, but I can't love it. <laughs> No, it's funny. I, I mean, I think every day we take risks and, yeah. you know, being in show business and are we doing the right thing? And are we, you know, even just whatever, you have a bad show, you have a, it's like yeah. every day it's. You put yourself out there. Yeah. You know, you feel like, you know, you know, you it's like having your baby. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, nev I never did that. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like, still time, Michael. I just renewed my I just renewed my earthquake insurance. So, do you have an earthquake yeah, insurance? Of course. Yeah. All right. I don't. I didn't want it because it's such a ripoff. But I know. And they don't cover anything. And my insurance man said, "Yes, do it." So I was there, like, there's a big one coming. Yeah. So there's a big one, coming, but I hope Mary Lou and I are not anywhere near. Yeah. You. No. That's why I'm a lot of things out of time. Exactly. I hope you're on far. I well, I hope that's not going to be anytime no, soon. So Mary Lou, when did you have the weakest self-confidence in your career and what got you through it? Hmm. I think I've, as a good Catholic school girl, I've always had this, this overall faith in things. Like there's some, not so much a master plan, but if I keep putting one foot in front of the other, that something will happen. I'm very like, let go, let God about certain things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I went through a real, a really bad time around the time of Andy Kaufman's death in 1984. Um, and it was just, I just started to see what am I really doing? I know I'm in show business and I wanna do more. I wanna do better work. There were some disappointments that had happened in terms of films that I had, had chosen, but for, his death really shook me. And I think because we had just worked together for so long, for five years, I got to see him all the time. We became good friends. And when I saw him a couple of months before he died, it had was such a it was such a turn. I had never seen anyone fall apart that quickly, and mm. his death really shook me to my core. So I'd say and that, Ma Michael. I was just thinking about Andy. Um, what what was the thing? I forgot. Uh, you know, uh, when did you have the weakest self confidence in your career, and what got you through it? You I, this is, I know people don't believe me. I am actually a really shy person. I am not with the people I know and love and in a small circle, but um, I am not the most confident person. That's why when I work with these young kids, I love working with them because I recognize me in them. Their vulnerability. And, yes, yeah. and, and their their lack of confidence and whatnot. whatnot. I, I think the only place I don't, um, lack confidence is in my playing and you know although i don't think i'm the most technical person i just know i know how to follow a singer and i know how to breathe with a singer and be one with somebody that i'm working True. with which i love to do i love it and i and so like mary Lou can do a, a song different every and night and i would just be there he's just there i'm telling you but like that Better i think sex. it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like great sex it's I'll like great sex. um anyway um, but so, but I, I think that um, I think I have to work on my confidence every day, every yeah. single day, 
And like I say to my students who are going into an audition, I go, you have to just fake it until you start believing it. you will buy it. And, you and you're never going to totally believe it. I right, mean, you know, right. it's crazy. I was I was talking to my sister about about people in our family. I was like, I can't believe they don't have any confidence. They're so fabulous. They're amazing. And she said, because there were only 10 confidence coupons for the whole family and you took nine of them. And oh, said, my God. Wow. And there was a 10th. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, I had, there were four sisters and I was the ugly duckling. Trust me, I was not the I was I was the ugly duckling. But I always thought I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have energy. I'm going to like whatever. I want to have a career in showbiz. So I'm going to, you know, I, I think. I think if you have this like faith in yourself, it gives you confidence. And even if, even if every, the rest of the world is telling you you suck, it doesn't matter. It's like this intrinsic faith yeah. in yourself. If you have that and you feel like I'm going to figure it out, I'll just figure it out. How can I be better? I'll figure it out. I don't mind, you know, I don't mind criticisms. People can say horrible things to my face. People can write terrible things about me. It's like, okay, hmm, let me look at it from that angle. I've never been afraid of feedback or hearing terrible things. And when you feel that way, then nothing can hurt you. You just keep going. Mary Lou is actually one of the few, the only performers I've ever heard to say to people after a show, did you like it? Did you not like it? Tell me everything. Give yeah. me notes. Give me notes. Tell me what you thought. And I think that's, that's how you get amazing. better. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Most people have egos yeah. too big for that. Yeah. Okay, like that. No. I always want to get better. I know? do too. Absolutely. I want to be 1% better tomorrow than I was today. Always. Yes. yes. Um, I have a calendar on my desk. Uh, it's a, a positivity calendar. And I pulled a passage from the calendar today. And I'm going to read this. Some days I wish that I could wave a magic wand and make everything better for everyone. Since I can't, I focus on doing what I can for myself and others. So today's self-love action, today let me focus on what I can do for myself and others, like being nice to strangers, putting myself first with my finances, teaching a child about loving kindness, or taking meaningful action on something in the larger world that's uh, bothering me and seems unfair. So I want to ask you, before today's show, Mary Lou, what positivity action did you take either for yourself or putting out into the world? Oh, okay. Well, I was at home. So, no, but I'm working, because I'm working on the Grease script, um, we were just trying to figure out how to best show off everybody in the show. Jim Canning and I were working on the script today. So that was, I'm also the room mom for my room aunt for my little nephew. So I was doing some things about that. And this is my ninth time as room parent or or aunt. I've been his room aunt twice. Um, so anything, anything I can do for my niece and nephew or I can do for their school, I'm always looking to do things like that. So I'd say. Great. Good for you and great to be here. <laughs> I'm always positive. Yes, I listen. I too. always, I really, I try to be positive about everything. And Celeste always makes fun of me because even in like the darkest and most negative of times, I'm like, we have to just keep moving forward. And I think that it keeps us going. And it keeps, I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. My biography is called By All Means Keep on Moving. And exactly. Great. Also, motion is the lotion. Motion is the lotion. And that not only applies to exercise because you want to keep all your joints lubricated, but it's like, you know, it, it like greases everything. Motion. See, grease. Get it? Grease. 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 
opinion. Uh, Michael, what is the most satisfying thing that you do each day or each week? Hmm, the most satisfying. I'm trying to think. Will you help the me? Jinx, for sure. Probably definitely something with my dog. Yeah. Because okay. my dog, you know, they say, you know, like I got my dog like a month before the pandemic happened and then like you could not get rescue dogs anymore for a while. And she has definitely helped me through it. I think she has a little separation anxiety from me, but I have a lot of it from her. <laughs> it's like, like I'm way worse than she is. But Wonderful. I think my dog gets me through. I'm sorry, that's one of our plans. No, that's the plane going over. Oh uh, my God. Don't flush. That <laughs> Mary Lou, what's one big challenge that you faced this week and what one powerful lesson did you learn from that challenge? Oh, this past week? This past week. Um, hmm. Well, well, my, my husband and I have been going through some tough times lately because we've been separations. I'm not separation. He's the love of my life and there's nothing that's going to happen. But, you know, we're like very real with each other, very real. And so there's something about the two of us together that's magical, but also very feisty. And so this has been like a tough week for that, but it's been very, I mean, you know, we had a five show weekend, as I always say, when we have sex a lot. And so <laughs> seriously, we just like, hey, baby, we're going to have a five show weekend. And oh we God, did because we have to. You know, that's our glue and that's how we connect. But, you know, Friday we were screaming at each other and then made up for it the rest of the weekend. So. But isn't that like the best that true. when you can get through that stuff and grow totally. with it? I mean, like. Oh, we're like more in love today than ever. And not just because of the sex. That was the result of our really, like a real come to Jesus for the two of us. Come and our couple, when you are with them and with their whole family. I mean, she, Mary Lou has an amazing, Mary Lou and Michael have an amazing family. Yeah. And I've gotten to spend so much time with them, and they are. It just feels right and great and powerful and strong around them. Oh, thank you. You want to hear a really crazy fast story? Okay, so our usual, the person who's like one of my my best friends who, who cuts hair, she's out of town. She's working with Reese Witherspoon and doing a show in Greece. So my ex-husband called me. He said, do you have a new hair cutter? And I said, oh, yeah. And I gave him the name. And so anyway, and it's a hair cutter and a colorist. We, Michael and I, because I called the colors, so I said, oh, I'm going to bring my husband in with me. He's going to get his hair cut while I get my color. It's like, okay, great. So I get there with Michael. Two minutes later, my ex-husband walks in. No. So you don't even know the story. No. And I said, oh, my God. She said, oh, I didn't hear ex-husband. I heard husband. And I thought husband was that. I didn't know there were going to be two husbands oh. here. <laughs> 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 I love it. Oh, we're such good friends. We're we're the parents of our children. So we're like all, you know, I mean, my that's children amazing. are with my second husband. And we were just like, and people go, that's so crazy. And I go, no, that's how, that's how you have to be in life. You know, when you love somebody, and even if your relationship changes, you still love that person. You know, there's a, there's a bond there forever. So, yeah. That's, I love that. Uh, Michael, what kind of a relationship did you have with your parents and were they supportive of your pursuits? Um, you know what? I mean, they are very supportive now. I, I think they always, I mean, my parents paid for me to take piano lessons from when I was four years old till I was a senior through a senior in high school. They did not encourage me to study music. And that's why, again, I refer back to like, I have so many students that are seven to 17 years old and they come with their parents to my studio and I love 
seeing a supportive parent, you know, just make, uh, making, like letting these kids follow through with what they're passionate about, which I had that, but my family was like, oh, let's, let's send you to accounting school because you love math and you love numbers. And then on April 16th, after tax day, you'll sit at your piano and like, you know, yeah. chill out and play songs for people. But I, so I always, I did drop out of school after two years and I promised my mother and father that if I ever didn't get a job because I didn't have a, um, a, a degree, degree that I would go back to school and I thankfully never had to go back. But I think that I was definitely encouraged. I have, I love my family. I love my, I have two of the greatest grandmothers in the world. One is named Jinx, who my dog is named after. And my other um, grandmother, Dorothy Orland. I mean, like they were the best, greatest things in my, in my life. And just like, I just, I love my family. I get along with everybody. I'm the Libra that loves everybody. <laughs> Even when other people don't talk for a minute, I'm like the peacemaker and the I love everybody. And we should all just be together. Life is too short for any of that crap. So, um, but I, they are the most supportive family now. And, you know, they they couldn't be more supportive, except I have to send them checks. So it's a little backward. <laughs> well, I love what Jane, Jane Fonda said. There needs to be a statute of limitations as to how long you hold on to the stuff that happened many years ago. So exactly. let go of that and move on. So, yeah, uh, I, listen, I'm so happy that my parents did what they did. They did me, me with my parents. I agree with you. I yes. totally agree. The best they could, and which was perfect for me. Yeah. Sometimes I you just out, have the right parents. Yes, and I turned out to be a nightmare because of them, and it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this is my last question, and you can decide who gets to go first. Uh, what do you consider the most, and this is because of both of you today, what do you consider the most valuable quality in a friend? Um, most valuable, I don't, I, I, right away I was thinking sense of humor because that's really important and a certain loyalty, you know, a certain like, you know that you can be, they get you at your best and they get you at your worst. You know, it's like that famous quote about you don't get me at my, you know, if you don't, if you can't, if you can't handle me at my worst, at my best or whatever the quote is, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think that that somebody that you can ride the wave with, that it's not like you have to, you know, check to see if the, I mean, I, I think that that's very important. And Michael? I have to literally 100% agree with Mary Lou. I say sense of humor, number one, because that's my first right. thing I go to. And, but trust and loyalty is everything. And so when you can trust a friend to be whoever you are, what you're, whatever you're going through, and they right. can be there for you, that's everything. And loyalty, absolutely. And you feel that from people. You, you know, do. you know, I have some great girlfriends that I know, you know, you can, you need that soft place to land because we're not always at our best and we're not always our shining thing, you know. But it's Celeste, Celeste is texting me, and I'm afraid to look because yeah, it'll we'll lose. Knock it off. I, do, I uh, will do it afterwards. Uh, I'm going to give away a book, so don't go anywhere for a moment. Uh, I am going to give away a copy of Greece. Tell me more. Tell me more. This book is incredible. And uh, let's see who's going to get the book. Uh, Rosa Puzo. So congratulations, Rose. Don't go anywhere for a moment. Uh, I want to say a few words, and then. Uh, Michael and Mary Lou, you're going to have the final word today, and uh, we'll get to you in just a moment. 
Uh, I want to thank you both so much. I had, if you had as much fun as I did, uh, I just loved you both for being here today. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you, uh, Tess and uh, Marianne and everybody who made this happen. Uh, this was such a three uh, treat for me today. Um, risk taking. Uh, everybody, take those risks. Life is too short not to do it. Um, I saw something this morning and it said, go to each of your social media platforms and try to go to three sites that are uplifting and try to sign on to those three sites. And there's so many neg uh, negative sites out there right now. Let's try to obliterate those uh, from social media. Social media to me is about engagement uh, with each post that you see, uh, you can comment, you can like, you can share when it's positive. If it's negative, hide it or delete it, get rid of it. Uh, and we can all lift each other up. Uh, and let's take those risks and let's do it and let's build the world up and make it a better place. Um, I also want to thank you all for being here today. If this was your first time, I hope it will not be your last. I've got two shows coming up next week, uh, uh -huh. Celebrating Greece. On the 28th, I have Tom Moore on the show. And then on the 31st, I have uh, original cast members uh, from Greece that are going to be on the show. So right. be here. It's going to be an exciting night. Uh, so uh, please subscribe to the channel uh, if this is your first time. After today's show, please go to YouTube and leave a comment uh, with your thoughts about the show. Share this with your friends. I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the seventh name on your list and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. I have a dear friend, Sean Moniger. Uh, do you know Sean, uh, Michael? Sean Moniger always says, we're all in this together, yeah. but we're not in the yes, same boat. And I always say, if you're gonna go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. Now, you never know what someone else is going through right now. Uh, but what I want you all to do is go to Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller and order, if you can, two copies of this book. Keep one for yourself and send one as a gift to that seventh friend on your list and let them know what they mean to you and pass it on and on and on. This is already number one on Amazon. Did you know this? No. Yeah. Is it really? It's number one on Amazon. On, on all of Yes. Is it number one theater, theater or all of Amazon? On a, all of Amazon. Theater, right? Yes, on a, all of Amazon. Oh, it's wow. number one. But you can get it to be number one on uh, oh, on the New York Times bestsellers list by buying it. So I'm going to leave the screen right now, and I'm going to give the screen to both of you. And you've got the final word about anything that we talked about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message. Don't worry about how to end it. As soon as you say goodbye, the credits will roll. Oh, I love no. you both. Oh, no. And I will see you 
on June 1st. Enjoy the Fire Island for both of you. And now it's both all of yours. Oh, my God. My internet thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, wait. So we're okay. on. We're on. I think we're on. we're on. You're in okay. the show. Okay. So my advice would be in terms of this risk take, don't be from the school of if I keep quiet, then they'll let me live. You know, take risk. Don't just stay at zero on the number line. Even if you end up at minus one, you're better off even attempting to go to the plus side, the minus side. It's going to be bad days. Just ride the wave. And now I've used every cliche in the book. <laughs> yeah, something will connect with you. You know, it's all a process. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful gift that we get to live this life. And who can top that? <laughs> She's my favorite. I love her. And please come see our shows. Yes. And come to um, May 28th, May 28th in Fire Island. Yes. And May, uh, June 1st, June 6th, June 8th. <laughs> Find signs 54 below. If you That's right. And I'll, we'll, uh, we'll bump. We'll bump, we'll bump with bump. each other. We'll do a Howie Mandel.